Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You are listening to episode 192 of the podcast, and tonight's episode is the top five horror movies of 2007. Uh, we are now finished with the summer steel, and nobody noticed really. So we are back to our top five horror list, where uh, Frank is now thirty-seven years. Is that right? Yeah, we're thirty-seven years into like uh, the horror list now. You cover seventies, eighties, nineties, and yep. Um. So one thing looking at this list frank i the question i had for you that i did not tell you ahead of time is what's your summary of this list like what what about like what comes to mind from this list in the year and even the supplementals that you didn't include on the list like what what um this is when you look at this year it's i mean it's all over the place it's like there's a lot of sequels a lot of remakes a lot of, of adaptations, um, very little, not as much original stuff, but I think some of the original stuff is really like worth talking about. Mm-hmm. So when I made this list, and we'll we'll talk about it when we do the number five movie, because in hindsight, I should have put a different movie in that spot, but I felt like we had talked about it too recently. Um, I was just trying to kind of like include two of the bigger budget movies that I I really enjoyed from that year and then um three of like the more independent stuff and so two of the movies I went with foreign films because I think that they're kind of like interesting takes on um existing genres both of them and then the one movie the number five movie I kind of misremembered how much I enjoyed it and I didn't enjoy it as much so Mm. that was more or less um I don't know if accident is the right word, but there's definitely like other movies that I would have put in that spot instead. At least like three other movies I would have switched it with. Okay. Um so what are some of the other movies that you considered for this month? Uh well you have um Inside, which is honestly I think the movie that should have been in the number five spot. Um just because in a lot of ways, like thematically they're sort of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, in a really like broad sense, um, but I think that inside it is much more like focused and taught in terms of its like you know how harrowing it is. Sure, um, I can't remember what disturbing horror movies or something. Um, like that. it was actually the top five thrillers of the two thousands. It was episode eighty four. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a good list. Um, I thought about um the mist, the Stephen King adaptation um mm-hmm. went with a different king adaptation instead i think the mist is a really strong adaptation in terms of like capturing the visual like putting like putting visuals to like king's prose from that story um i think it kind of misses the mark a little bit and i can mm-hmm. hate the ending of it i guess but um <laughs> i thought about paranormal activity just because of you know the genre that it spawned Sure. Um, there's a couple of, and I, I, and even outside of the short list I sent you, there's a couple of other like found footage and like, I don't know, torture porn horror movies I thought about, but I'm just not that much into it. Like the Poughkeepsie tapes, I think is a super influential movie in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a little too difficult for me to watch anymore. Um, there, there's a movie that kind of flew under the radar called the signal, which is 
another one that's kind of like almost like a precursor to like the purge sort of in the sense or um that mom and dad movie with Nicolas cage where there's like a um mysterious like audio frequency that causes people to go crazy right um it's pretty good you know uh another one that i didn't send you was um trick-or-treat the anthology movie that mm-hmm. introduced the um can't remember what that guy's called the little like sack boy killer guy um which i i enjoy i think it's a decent movie um there's a movie called long pigs which is another one that's similar to poughkeepsie tapes it's about a couple of cannibals that's really well done but it's really difficult to watch um the orphanage um i actually kind of forgot about that movie when i was making the list but it's another one from this year that's pretty good um Produced by Del Toro, like a Spanish language. Have you ever seen that? It's a ghost story about a woman that, like, no, I haven't seen that one. Becomes the caretaker at a haunted orphanage. It's, I go back and forth. Like, I, it came out after, um, sort of on the heels of, uh, like Pan's Labyrinth, kind of, and mm-hmm. garnered some. Hold some on, what buzz. is it called again? The Orphanage. now that you said it maybe i did see this it would have been one that i would have told you that you should have watched like back in the time yeah no i haven't i'm getting confused with something different <clears throat> yeah i don't know there's one movie i want to talk about that's actually a terrible movie but it's like <laughs> it's one of those house of a thousand corpses things yeah um so yui bowl puts out a movie this year called seed and i think we've talked about this before um seed is a over the top like overly grotesque kind of like serial killer movie with a sort of i don't know leatherface-esque like villain in it okay um not a good movie at all but it's got a scene where um the killer has someone tied up in a chair and it's kind of like hesitate not not hesitating but i guess kind of like savoring the moment before he kills them and then proceeds to brutally murder them with a hammer Hmm. and it's one of the most like viscerally appalling scenes i've ever seen in a movie but Hmm. it's so friggin' effective like it's it's almost like captivating i guess like it's really Mm -hmm. hard to turn away from and it's i would not recommend watching seed seed is not a good movie Mm mm-hmm um, but what Yui Bowl made a bad movie? I know it's crazy. Um, but that scene in particular, like, mm-hmm. if you ever find seed for whatever reason you're watching it, like, it's worth watching that part just to kind of experience it. Um, okay. So anyway, yeah, that's about it. But it's a lot of like garbage. I mean, there's a ton of reimaginings. There's a ton of sequels. Um, right. One of my most one of the most disappointing movies of the decade comes out this year in Planet Terror and Grindhouse. Huh. Um something that I just I will never be able to appreciate, especially the Tarantino portion of it. Um Yeah, uh, oh, you know, the most disappointing movie of the year, and maybe one of the most disappointing movies of like the past like thirty years. Um, the Argento sequel to uh, Suspiria and Inferno, um, mm. Mother of Tears, which is right. supposedly the bringing it all home, you know, like film that's 
ties all the um you know the three mothers like films together and right. blah 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 and dude it is garbage Hate oh, that fucking yeah. movie. i watch it during um during covid yeah yeah so yeah. bad because you told me it was bad, but I was like, okay, yeah, like it's... I've seen the other two. I need to see this and just watch it. But yeah. I don't know how you lose it like that. Like you start to sexually fetishize your daughter and it's just all downhill, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Touche. Um and then and then you pay it forward if you're her. Um <clears throat> All right. Oh, um, yeah, right, because she's a sex, sexual she, predator she's a as pest, well. She's a pest, too, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and she's worse than a pest, man. She's a freaking rapist. Mm-hmm. She's not just, like, sexually pestering people. She's grooming. Yes, great. Like, she was grooming, yeah. yeah. Like, children. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, awful. Those are real-life horror stories. Um, Yeah, I think both Paranormal Activity and the Poughkeepsie tapes are important to see if you like horror. Um. Like, I think I have a better understanding of that genre, having seen those, even if I don't particularly, like, I'm not, like, super keen, like, on them as films. Um, It's been done better since, but I do think they're important. Um, Yeah. Even if they're not, like, the best of um, the bunch. I, um, I actually find Poughkeepsie Tapes to be a scarier movie than Paranormal Activity. Sure. When you consider how much people kind of, um, I don't know, like marked out almost to the idea of paranormal activity and how like quote unquote scary it was. Agreed. I remember those commercials where it was just audience reactions mm-hmm. of people like freaking out in the theater. But I mean, I think Poughkeepsie Dapes is far more disturbing. Yeah, I um, agree. Yes. And difficult to watch. Yes. And definitely, I think like stays with you more. Like I actually... I hate to say it, but there's a couple of scenes that we could be Poughkeepsie tapes, especially like when he's murdering like the the child in that one scene. Then mm-hmm. I mean I just there's certain times where I just think about that and it just I don't know, makes me yeah. uncomfortable. So. Sure. Yeah. Um, but to, to its credit, there's a couple of sequences in paranormal activity that I mean are pretty iconic and parodied yeah. now and stuff like sure. that. I mean, like her standing there like as like the camera like goes through like quickly, like through time. Um, and she's just standing there swaying kind of like the entire time. I mean, that kind of stuff is, is, is cool. I mean, it's, it's well, you know, well done, but all right. So let's go ahead and jump in. Um, number five on your list, um, is P2. It is directed by Frank Calfoon and it stars Rachel Nichols, um, who was a once upon a time and Wes Bentley also kind of like a once upon a time. Um, it has a 34% from critics and a 36% from audiences. So you want to tell us a little about this movie and, um, what you thought of it then and what you think of it now? It's kind of deserved in some ways. Um, this movie garnered a lot of attention when it came out because it was written and produced partially written by and produced by, um, Alexandra Aha, mm-hmm. um, who was famous for high tension and the Hills have eyes. Um, and generally considered, like, at this point in time, one of the better and more influential, like, horror creators, um, like, actively working. Um, I saw this movie, th- this is one of those Walmart specials where I picked it up on DVD for probably, like, $10 after it came out. Um, because I had read about the buzz and I was interested. I mean, this was, like, uh, I think headlined a couple of horror film festivals, like, the year before. 
Um, and I enjoyed it when I watched it. So mm-hmm. this is a pretty pretty standard. Um, I don't know, like obsessive, creepy killer um, who stalks like the young woman, and the young woman eventually gets the better of him and kind of has to like dig deep into her own primal instincts to fight him off and um Wes Bentley plays um an unhinged security guard who's obsessed with the Rachel Nichols um character who's a successful I don't know what she is like businesswoman or something she works in this like high-rise um office building um and he's become obsessed with her over time and then kidnaps her on Christmas Eve and kind of forces her to blow off her family um and then through an escalating series of like more and more ridiculous um occurrences you find out that he's murdered all these people so he can be with her um i i think at the time you know it's funny that you called him like a once upon the time because i think at the time it really was the idea that you know it's it's west bentley like in this Mm -hmm. role and not a bad performance i guess i mean sure it's a little over the top and the the script is not that great i mean it's very much into like the genre tropes um eventually of course like she overcomes him and she ends up killing him and then it's like the whole texas chainsaw like who will survive and what will be left of him idea of you know this woman like walking out like kind of shell-shocked into the the christmas morning with all these sirens coming towards her um I did not enjoy this movie nearly as much watching it in 2023 as I did watching it in 2007. Um, I would have put the movie inside in this place had I have like seen this movie and I haven't seen P2 since I watched it on DVD when I bought it, like after, you know, whatever, 15 years ago or whatever it is, 16 years ago. Um, I think that inside, which is a very similar story of like an obsessive, um, psychopathic killer that's like stalking someone for whatever their own personal gain mm-hmm. which in the case of inside is the woman like you know stealing the baby from the mother right um i think that's a much more taut and focused thriller um i think that there's a lot more feeling of because it's in the woman's house like you feel yeah. like it's more believable that she would be able to like manufacture weapons against like the woman attacking her right. and even in the end like she doesn't succeed so it's like you know it, yeah. it's depressing and it's almost like the spatial um differences between the two um uh end up affecting the plot in some ways it's like woman locked in a house like type stories like locked in a house like it's yeah. tighter, like more focused thing locked inside of a parking garage it becomes unwieldy there was a few other movies around this time that were similar to this um Tonally, there's a movie called ATM, which is about some people that are like trapped by a killer inside uh enclosed <laughs> ATM space. Mm. Um, that's kind of similar. There's a movie that is not at all the same in terms of like the story, but it's called Frozen, um, about people that are trapped on a um ski lift and are being like hunted by wolves in the middle of the night. Um, which shares some of the same kind of like stalking and the 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 pacing is a little similar um yeah i mean this movie's fine like there's nothing terrible about it um i think 34 percent is a little low um but 
it's not anything great either and it's not a movie that you know there's a reason why it's kind of been forgotten in the history of like i think that every other one of the movies on this list has in some way left a bigger mark on horror than than p2 yeah um but whatever, I mean, it's free on Tubi, I think, is where I watched it. Uh, yeah, it's Tubi and Prime, uh, at, like, within the past month. I don't know if it's still on Prime or not, but it might have been Freebie or something like that. Yeah, I know. It was just yeah. on Tubi, so that's where I watched it. Um, yeah, it definitely had commercials, I remember. So it was Freebie, or, Freebie and Tubi, I believe, is where it used to be. Yeah, I mean, if you've got an hour and a half to kill. Yeah. Um, it's What's not... the most memorable scene in this to you, like? I know you. I, it's been like a month since I watched this, but so honestly, like the thing that I think is the best part of the movie is from when he chloroforms her to it, right before that happens. So like when she's like the frustration is building, like why can't I get out of this building? Mm-hmm. And then the lights go out, and then he chloroforms her, and then it's yeah. the scene up to where like he leaves. Like once, so basically after he. Um, he's kidnapped her and then they go and they get in this car and then this dude that had like kind of like sexually harassed her earlier in the evening or like some days before or whatever um, Wes Bentley has him tied up and they end up mur- he ends up murdering him with his car and it's like kind of that moment where the movie gets sort of like a, more ridiculous like it kind of strays away from I think being like really like tight in terms of its yep. its pacing um but the scene with him trying to look past the fact that she wants to get away from him and doesn't want to be there and he's trying to pretend like they're on some kind of romantic date i, I think it's pretty effective yeah uh-huh and he's a super creep like in it and it's um right to me it's it's probably um probably the best part of the movie yep yeah i was gonna say like uh I remember the car scene like I think that's like even if it's a little ridiculous of him like ramming the car into the guy over and over I think that it's pretty um uh horrifying like the concept of her like being trapped in the car and like having to like witness this and yeah. then forcing her to be there and stuff like it works pretty well yeah that was pretty much exactly what I thought um so. it's kind of when she goes on the run is when it like starts falling apart I think in some ways the best diss I saw of this movie is uh, from the Financial Times that said it's like a Michael Haneke film um, without the intellectual underpinnings. <laughs> um, yeah, Haneke is, um, that's a complicated dude. Like some of his movies are great and yeah. the the reference there um, is to a movie called Funny Games, mm-hmm. um, which Haneke made in his, i think he's belgian made in his native language and then remade again with um naomi watts mm-hmm. um a few years after uh that's that's really accurate you know that idea yeah. of like the the obsessive um like willfully obtuse uh psychopath that's you know has somebody like captive and is trying to pretend like things are okay but is still like committing these like awful awful acts yeah um Oddly, en- ever... oddly enough, uh, Cachet like was on that uh, top five thrillers of the two thousands too, along with um, Inside. Yeah, we really haven't talked about Haneke much. Um, Just that movie, I think. Someday we'll talk about the White Ribbon because to me, the White Ribbon is like his masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But it's not been a 
place to talk about it yet i don't think um or i haven't found a way to fit it in without like trying to cram it in somewhere yeah um but we'll talk about that eventually we'll probably talk about funny games too at some point i don't know yeah we're gonna we're gonna figure that out start talking about some things that you just want to talk about um all right Number four on your list is 30 Days of Night. It is directed by David Slade, who is not a villainous P.I. I looked it up. Um, mm. he It stars uh, the incomparable Josh Harnett, um, Melissa George, Danny Houston, and Ben Foster. 51% from critics and 56% from audiences. So you want to tell us a little about this one and uh, why it's on the list? It's probably the most popular one like out of the top of these five, I would think, right? Like um, in terms of like people seeing it. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, yeah. it it's well seeing it at the time of release. Yeah, I, I sure. don't in hindsight or in like whatever the inter intervening years, a couple of the other movies have been much more sure. popular. Um, but um, based on a comic book of the same name by a man named Ben Templesmith, um, it's what I thought at the time was a pretty ingenious idea of the fact of vampires being drawn to um. The polar regions during the winter months because they get a whole month of no sun where they can do whatever they want um so hartnett is a um sheriff in this lonesome alaskan town um estranged from his ex um just kind of a i don't know like it's it's a pretty like typical character the whole you know what is similar to is uh what's his name? Um Hawkeye in that movie that I watched for the spin and that was fantastic. Um that I made you watch. Wind River. River. Yeah. Yep. Sim- mm-hmm. similar idea, you know, but um Right. This guy um stows away on a so the the town is closing down. Everyone that doesn't live in the town is leaving. Um Hartnett's ex who's uh what is she like a park ranger or something kind of she gets trapped in the town and then there's vampires and um it's an interesting story because it takes place over the course of the actual 30 days um which is pretty bold for a horror movie to try and accomplish like this idea of showing like the survivors at different points during the time of like because most horror movies in order to be effective, have to have some sense of immediacy where they're happening in a very short period of time. Like, you know, P2 is an evening, like Christmas Eve. Um, you look at something like Texas Chainsaw or whatever, which takes place over the course of like a day and a night, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have like this movie that really spans this long period of time, um, I think is uh I think is a pretty pretty interesting concept. Um this is another one where I, I put it on the list because it was a major horror release. Um, it was a studio like actually taking a chance on adapting this comic. Um, I kind of, I'm sort of like lukewarm on this movie. Um, there's a lot of things that happen where I feel like maybe some of the fact that it's not so immediate kind of divests you of interest in the characters somewhat. Yes. Like, I don't necessarily I care about the the guy whose family is dead or whatever, because mm-hmm. you don't give me time to really, like, care about the character. Agreed. Um, there's a couple of really cool scenes. Um, I'm, I feel like there's definitely a 
pretty large carpenter thing influence in the way that they filmed a lot of the stuff, mm-hmm. especially with like the town being on fire and um just the look of like the stuff in the snow, um, the heavy machinery, whatever. I think a lot of that stuff is, you know, definitely an homage to Carpenter. Um, I hate the look of the vampires in this movie. Um I don't know how to explain like why I don't like it, but like the like the marble eyed fucking eastern european like pasty vampire i don't know just not not my not very interesting um what i found interesting what i really found interesting and i had forgotten about it until i watched it again um last week was one of my favorite parts of midnight mass the um what's his name uh oh flanagan yeah ryan Mike Mike, mike flanagan yeah is when um, the guy that you've come to associate as being like the hero of the the show sacrifices himself by burning himself to death in the um, mm-hmm. the sunrise with his, and then the shot of like her just like freaking out. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. And yes. And I wonder if like this, if that's pulled directly from the scene in this movie at the end. First thing I thought of, yep. Where Hartnett and I had completely forgotten that that happens, honestly, because yeah. there's actually um, a couple of sequels to this movie, and comic wise, I think it's a little different. I can't remember exactly. It's been forever since I've read um, the, the trade for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was a really interesting conceit, the idea of him like to letting himself turn to ash, kind of in the sun. Sure. And the way they did it, where he just kind of like crisped on the outside, but was mm-hmm. still like a whole like being was um was pretty interesting too so yeah Yeah. um not like the greatest movie i i think the screenplay more or less lets it down and again like even though i find the the whole conceit of it being because the end of the movie literally takes place on the last day of of like whatever like endless night in Mm -hmm. the like they're right like the ultimate climax happens like on that day and you think like why don't you just like fucking stay like hidden for whatever 12 more hours right anyway right idiots. right there's um, a lot of like the dumb human behavior like yeah dumb human behavior type josh stuff. josh hartnett injecting himself with vampire blood to turn himself into a super <laughs> vampire so he can like karate fight the other vampire and like the other <laughs> vampires just letting josh hartnett right beat, beat the shit out of their boss right. I, I don't know like all that stuff is yeah yeah yeah, it is. Um, uh, it's kind of a waste of Danny Houston too in that role of this as the vampire. Um, we just talked about him recently. Uh, what was the? It's a fresh five, right? What was the movie? Uh, with the girl at the Catholic with the nuns and the Catholics. Oh, um, fuck! What was that movie I called? Can't remember. It's on Shutter. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, Danny Houston was in that. uh, Danny Houston's always pretty solid, but yeah, this is a waste of him. I do, I'll never understand why Ben Foster, like, never made it bigger as, like, a kind of, like, almost in, like, a Philip Seymour Hoffman type way. Um, Because Ben Foster delivers, like, no matter how, like, small the role is. Um, Yeah. And he's, like, probably, like, the best actor out of this whole thing. But yeah, I mean it's a it's an enjoyable movie. I've actually never seen this before until now. Like so, I, I I had never watched it. It's like one of those things that like just passed by, and like you bought this at Walmart or something, didn't you? No, no, I've never owned this movie. No, oh, okay. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just remember seeing it at Walmart like one night when we were there. Oh, it but... was uh, it was at Walmart for like 12 years. Probably still because... is at Walmart right yeah. now. Um But yeah, I just uh, never saw it and then it's like, uh, do I really want to watch this? And it was like, no. Um but it was fine. Like like you said, there's a lot of dumb dumb human behavior. I think the idea that it takes place over 30 days is a bit much. Um some kind of vampire movie tropes in it. But um overall it's fine. I got a uh, in my feed today top 10 Josh Hartnett roles. Mm. And I was like there's 10? Like that you can rank? Uh but this was number 10 on that list. Let's look at his filmography and try and figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> uh, Hold on. Well, let me the- see. The faculty at Virgin Suicides are going to be probably like one and two. Uh, Blackhawk, oh, no. You know what? Oh, is probably his number one role. That's that's number eight on their list. Really? No, I would say that's number one, and I would put faculty at two and Virgin Suicides at three. Oh, that's funny. This was the first thing I opened this morning when I woke up. It's not 30 days of night. It was 40 days and 40 nights as number 10 on the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lucky number 11. That's actually not a bad bad movie. That's that was pretty movie. high, I think. Yeah, um, that, that'd be in the top five. This is number two, according to them. Uh, oh, who cares? I'm going to fucking move on. Oh, he's an Oppenheimer. There you go. Yeah, that was number um three on their list. Uh, Virgin Suicides was number one on their list for yeah. his roles. It's, it's a fine performance. Sin City was number four. Black Hawk Down five. Faculty six. Um, yeah. So Black Dahlia was number nine. Um, awful I've, movie. Yeah, terrible. But yeah, whatever. Just having a little fun at Hartnett's expense because he's kind of bland. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a fine movie. It's 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 just an enjoyable movie to throw on. I think like as a horror movie and watch. Um, yeah, it was just, fine. Just it, don't th- just don't think about it too much. <laughs> there's a lot of really stupid shit. So <laughs> yeah, but interesting look to it. Like, I agree with you. Um, I I like the way it was filmed and stuff like that overall, and the cinematography and. Yeah. Um. Oh man. Okay. So number three on your list is Frontiers. It is directed by Xavier Jones. It stars Karina Testa, Estelle Lafabier, Aurelian Week, and Samuel Le Bihan. It has a 64% from critics and a 53% from audiences. You want to tell us a little about this one and um, why I made the list? Uh, so this movie is the ultimate, like, Xavier Jans or whatever how you say his name. Um thinking like i'm never going to make another movie again so i need to put every single thing i've ever wanted to put into a movie mm-hmm. into a movie movie mm-hmm. um it wears its influences on its on its sleeve definitely um it's a pretty typical like i'm i was trying to think earlier today about other movies that kind of follow the same beginning premise um uh what's that fucking don't don't speak or whatever movie um, is similar to this. There's a couple others from recent where it's the idea is there's a gang of criminals that have done some crime and are on the run and they run afoul of like something much worse. And then you have to decide, you know, 
do you side with the criminals or not basically. right and right. then all the awful stuff that happens mm-hmm. um i think that there is some things that and I, I talk about this when we talk about especially asian movies a lot um some socio-political commentary that's happening here mm-hmm. towards um i guess the french government in mm-hmm. the early 2000s and sort of that and i know that there was like a pretty hard swing to the right in um neoconservatism in france um especially when it comes to um migrants and muslims and kind of um becoming a lot more like trying to make france more homogenized where it's all just you know france for french and i you know really like the french i think have that kind of reputation anyway of sort of being um xenophobic in a lot of ways yeah um but that's that's the at play here where there's this family um who at first just seem like kind of creeps and then you find out are basically like living relics of the nazi regime um especially the patriarch who's is is a still practicing nazi um it pulls from texas chainsaw it pulls from hostile it pulls from um people under the stairs the hills have eyes i mean there's a lot of like little things in this movie um i think there's some influence from uh wolf creek in this in in this especially the um the killer and sort of like the setup of his like base of operations or whatever i think they pulled some um some influence there uh so basically there's this the group of criminals the one um they get split up the girl criminal is pregnant um her brother gets shot and they take her to the hospital um and she ends up um like the two get set the the first two get separated and they end up getting like captured and abused and then she ends up there as well and so of course like the damsel in distress that ends up becoming like the ultimate whatever like killer of all these like badass villains or whatever mm-hmm. um how do you feel about that troop just out of curiosity because i was thinking about it when i was watching p2 um in relation to this movie and it, it happens a lot like i know that like the final girl thing is just like a part of like slasher mm-hmm. or whatever but it's kind of ridiculous you know i mean that this woman could like overcome everything that she does Right. Um, I I think it depends on how it plays out. Um, and I think some people do it really well and other people make it seem as fucking ridiculous as um as it as it could be. Like I mean, like I it's 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 really hard to parse kind of of like what is okay to me and what's not. Um the fact that it's a trope is um problem in itself uh i haven't put much thought in this but here's what i would say i think the fact that the final girl is a trope is a problem with horror movies as a whole because there's other tropes that are leading to that trope's existence and i think that relies too much on a lot of those things i think there's other ways you can do horror like rather than these kind of brutal families and stalkers so, <laughs> and i th- i think too much re- re- reliance on those plots leads to the final girl concept um 
But at the same time, like, isn't it kind of the whole subverting your expectations? Even though the expectation now is that that's going to happen, where right. it's like, oh, you know, it's not like the burly like guy that ends. Yeah, up... I think at one point, yes, you're correct. Yeah, and now it's not that. So it's yeah. like to to the 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 thing that would be shocking now is to see the woman die. Yeah, it's true. Um, Which is another reason why I like Inside so much. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, I still enjoyed watching this movie. Um, I still thought that it had a lot of really interesting visual flair to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there were scenes, like, especially, it just kind of veers all over the place. It sort of, like, reminds me of um, Calvary in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Not because they're similar at all, but just the idea of, like, how crazy can it get for this person? Like when you right. think it's gotten. Well, like, yeah, and there's the shaved head and there's a, there's a lot. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's like, you know, this like being held hostage, like captive hostage, like, you know, like shaved like, head, like, you know, trying to change gonna, their personality. Like she's going to be the Genesis of like this new Reich or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like if I, if I was more knowledgeable French. on French politics, it might mean a little more to me. Um, I always kind of feel like using Nazis as sort of crass, really, anymore, as, like, your villain. Um, because in some ways, it almost feels like a celebration of Nazism and, like, the iconography. And I know that it's, like, sort of condemning it, but it's also because it's so recognizable and so, like, an immediate, like, visceral reaction to it that I, I just, it's just kind of cheap to use yeah. that. Um, sure. but as a damsel in distress, uh, you know, um, hunter, whatever, like this whole idea of you're trapped in a place where no one's ever going to know that you are and, you mm-hmm. know, you're never going to get away from it. I, I, I think it's pretty effective. I think a lot of the stuff that takes place in the, um, the underground sequences when she's like kind of, well, multiple of them are kind of like trying to get away and discovering all these like kind of like house of horror things um i think are really well done um yeah i don't know i mean i was really blown away by this movie when i saw it so this is one of those ah shit what was it called maybe bloody disgusting put them out but there was a series of movies that came out um it was like this like mungo um grave dancers uh the many deaths of ian stone um borderland i think was another one a bunch of movies that were kind of these independent um foreign horror films that got put out on dvd for like 12 dollars um and i took a chance on several of them lake mungo one of my favorite movies from this time period Mm -hmm. um and this is another one that i was just really really impressed by the visual um just the look of it the aesthetic of it and like the power of some of the um like really gruesome like death scenes and it has one of the things that i is so difficult for me to see in a movie like an injury to the eye is maybe the worst thing for me but second behind it is somebody cutting someone's achilles tendon Mm -hmm. um i uh, there is something about that that just like completely puts me on edge and it's pretty pretty gruesome when it happens in this movie so but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not available anywhere to watch. You gotta 
whatever they however they say it quote unquote watch it however you can um mm-hmm. i watched it on dvd because i still own you know the dvd from 2007 but um yeah i had to use other means um what's it. funny is that it it was it was actually free recently i think on amc plus and when i want to go watch it on amc plus it didn't know it was no longer on there and i think it just switched over at some point and got dropped from it um so it was still listing it as on there and um i just kind of waited too long but um yeah it has been places recently like it's not like which means it's probably going to be somewhere else soon so just keep your eye oh, sure especially after like we talk about it it'll be on shutter within like fucking two weeks um <clears throat> that's how they do us um yeah but again i mean i think that part of the thing is that i can't remember what that woman's name was um that was like the head of like the neoconservative party but I think the idea is that you're basically doomed to repeat history if you don't learn from your mistakes. And the idea sure. of these, like, xenophobic neocons becoming the head of, like, France just is going to be the same thing, you know, as what she is escaping by, like, getting away from this Nazi family or whatever. Okay. Um. So, so yeah. just to follow up on what you were talking about, I looked it up. It is, um, it was part of After Dark Horror Fest's um eight films to die for yeah series which included the abandoned dark ride the grave dancers the hamiltons penny dreadful reincarnation unrest and wicked little things Uh, maybe lake mungo was the year before then it must have come out Um, um so here's brief um Pretty Little Things is okay, but it relies too much on CGI. That's not very good. Um, mm. Crazy Eights was fine. Uh, Borderland, I thought, actually had some pretty cool uh, stuff in it. It's like a Mexican border type thing. Um, hence the Borderland. Mm-hmm. Uh, on None of the movies were great except for this one. Matt, Lake Mungo must have been 2006. No, it's 2011. It was Lake Mungo. Um, no, Lake Mungo came out long before 2011. Um, yes, but it was released by them in 2011. Um, it's a 2008 movie. It's on our... It, we'll be talking about it again next month. Um, Gra- Grave Dancers, if you ever want to watch one of the absolute worst horror movies of all time you should watch grave dancers okay it is fucking hilarious how bad it is and the premise of the movie is that exactly the title that somehow like if you're like boogieing on somebody's grave you're going to disturb the dead that's awesome and that's the whole movie <laughs> is these people who are like sad because i i can't remember like a friend like overdosed or something i think and they're at a they're at their the graveyard like getting drunk to celebrate like this friend's life and they dance on the grave and it oh my god it's so bad <laughs> awful awful fucking movie that's funny oh, that that sounds yeah that sounds bad but yeah um and I I I thought you first you were talking about um oh shit I lost it already what um oh damn it because. Oh, you dumb asshole, Chris. 
There it is. Uh, I thought you were talking about Dimension Extreme at first because that I was trying to remember what that was because that was the inside. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yep. Um, but and then yeah, so I that the it, it was inside Shaitan. Yeah, mm. there was several. Yeah, there was also mm. um a Spanish language one called Six Films to Keep You Awake that came out around the same time. Mm. Um, that had two really really great short horror films, uh, The Baby's Room. Um and to let, to let being. I wonder what year that came out. I something I really should have put on one of our lists. Let me look it up. Hold on. Uh. No, that's not it. There's one in 2017, but that's not. How do you spell it? 2006. Um, it's about these this couple that I think they're like they're a young couple. They're trying to find a place to live, and they end up um uh going into this. Oh, his yeah, the woman's pregnant. They're trying to find a cheap place where they can like have their baby, and it turns out that the building they go into is basically like one giant mousetrap kind of. Mm. And they get stuck in it, and they're like going through the different floors, like trying to escape and stuff. Mm. It's um, mm. it's a pretty tense movie. It's really well done. Uh, I don't really know anything about. How's it spelled, real quick, so I can add it to my name? uh, T O space uh-huh. L E T. Okay. Like basically the oh, Euro- like two. Okay, gotcha. The European okay. way, European way of saying like yes. to rent or yes, or rent. to let. Okay, yeah, to let. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know how else to say it to not sound yes. like i'm saying like toilet in a weird way right yeah um, i thought it was yeah, like some sort of foreign pronunciation or something like yeah that one and um the baby's room both really good okay. over that collection okay to is on uh prime right now so <clears throat> all right so number two on your list um Directed by Mikhail Hallstrom is 1408. Stars John Cusack, Samuel L. Jackson, Mary McCormick, and Tony Shalhoub. Has an 80% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes and a 61% from audiences. Do you want to tell us a little about this one and uh, why it's number two on the list? Um, Adapted from a Stephen King short story slash like narrative example from his, what is that book called? On Writing or whatever? Um, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. On writing is that book. Yeah, yeah. So King like basically constructed the story to illustrate like Mm -hmm. how he creates a story of this writer uh, who is staying in this haunted room to kind of disprove the supernatural and ends up like proving the supernatural as a result. Um, John Cusack stars as this guy who it's sort of like a ghost adventures type thing where. He goes and he makes it seem like he's staying in these haunted places without ever like showing anything that proves the existence of the supernatural and is in heart like a disbeliever. Um, you find out that it's because his daughter was tragically killed um, several years before and he's kind of like abandoned his previous life. And he was a successful, um, I guess, like actual novelist before that. Um, he finds out about this room 1408 in the Dolphin Hotel in New York City. Um, that apparently like has claimed the lives of you know dozens of people um, the dolphin won't let him stay in the room which is really like piques his interest so he goes to stay 
And then he encounters all these supernatural things in the room that are sort of um, kind of like dark reflections of what's inside himself. Like the room is sort of like not only pulling from its own past, but his um, psyche to sort of torment him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things where like no one ever survives in the room. Um, he ends up like going through all this trauma. Um, the room summons his ex-wife or wife, estranged wife. I, don't know, I can't remember what she is. Um, estranged after the death of the yeah yeah. Um, it does a false finish where it makes it seem like he's escaped from the room, but in reality, it's just like trying to trick him. Um, but he eventually burns the room down and is able to escape and reunite with his ex-wife. And then there's a kind of coda, um, where he's writing like actual fiction again and they're together. Um, but then he plays like the tape recorder that he had in the room and you can hear his daughter's voice on it and sort of like the proof of the supernatural existing. Um, I didn't realize before I watched this movie, and I watched this movie tonight, so this is one I've seen the most recently, um, that there were alternate versions to the ending of this movie, which is pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I guess like four like different versions that have wildly different takes on like the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, I reading them, I think I like this one the best. The idea that um he survived it and has basically like proven to himself that there is something after after death and gotten some closure right from the death of his daughter as a result um there's some where like he's dead a couple where like he's dead and then there's like actually i have seen the other one where he's like a burned corpse inside like this car and um it also is like sort of like him passing along like with the specter of his daughter um Kuzak is really good in this movie, I think. Uh, yeah. I think that he's one of those guys that we maybe take for granted a little bit um, because he's done some shitty movies, but uh, I think he's always a pretty strong actor. Um, he does look a little like bloated and blown up in this movie at points, but... I think that works towards the role. Yeah, that. again, yeah. he It's the guy who's like a functioning alcoholic that's basically just earning money through his ability to write um by sort of like shitting on like the beliefs of others mm-hmm. um the movie suffers from like the fat ghost yeah problem that i sort of have with a lot of stuff but i think that is uh i think that's outweighed by kuzak's performance and just the idea of everything taking place like within the set piece of this like single room which i'm i'm a pretty big fan of um yes yeah i don't know i just i i think it's atmospheric i think it works really well i think it's a really great haunted house movie um i think it does what's i think it does what stephen king it takes what stephen king does best which in my opinion is like short form fiction mm-hmm. um because that's you know the mist was a short story i mean a novella whatever like a lot of his best things are things that come from like his shorter works and not like his, you know, bloated, like long right. like novels. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I really enjoyed watching it. Um, originally, I would have had this and Frontiers switched with each other. Had you have asked me like two weeks ago what the mm-hmm. order would have been, it definitely would have been like 
reversed from that. But um, after watching, I just I think it's a really competent, really well made um movie that honestly does a great job for especially for being like a major motion picture release does a great job of like setting an atmosphere and telling like a pretty compact story and making you care about um uh kuzak's character so agreed yeah i did not i I didn't really care for this much when it came out and i saw it i saw in the theater and i don't even remember why i saw this in the theater Um, me you and ryan went and saw it is that what it is okay Mm -hmm. Um, and... on a Saturday afternoon for no fucking reason. Okay, we um, just were like, "Hey, you want to go see a movie?" And we went right. and watched it. Okay. So. Uh, and I remember not really caring for it that much. Just like, yeah, okay, like you know, whatever. Um, I don't like the ghosts in it. <clears throat> There's some elements of it at the time, and still that remind me of a little bit of like the made-for-TV Shining movie. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. But I. Having watched it again last month, I think that I don't know if my opinion has changed on that or if it's like I'm distant enough from that uh, comparison to see this for its own thing and not think about that and not have it like outweighing like uh, the positives of this movie. Um, And I think it's still kind of much more horrific, even though it has those elements. Um, I think it does Stephen King the way that Stephen King wants it done to maybe the best ability that it can like and when i say that it's like you take something like the shining that king does not like the original the kubrick shining and i mean <clears throat> whatever you want to rank it it's like i mean it's 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 an all-time like you know best like horror movie of all time the shining and king like can't stand it um and then you see what he kind of wants in that remake and this is more along the lines of the things he wants out of a movie i think um and i don't particularly agree with his vision but this is the best possible way that you could do his vision i think um i think that you actually like you said like i think that kuzak's really good in this and i think you're right i think we do take it for granted because he's gotten made some bad choices got stuck with some shitty directors or movies um but he's really good in this i think he nails the character um you come to care for the predicament that he's in even if he is a bit of a fucking asshole and um you at least understand why he is and yeah and i think that the atmosphere is really good i like the closed room setting i like all the weird shit happening in the room i like the fantasy that he gets involved in and then it's like they're ripping down the room um i think all that's really cool looking um so yeah i i think it suffers a little bit from stephen king ending syndrome like sure like in the last third um maybe like when he's freezing to death in the room like is a little is a little much but um it's a little little king s but um it's a solid movie and i really enjoyed watching it this time compared to whatever it was you know so here's something that a couple things i want to touch ago. on um the first thing is that i to me the best scene in the movie is not anything that deals with the supernatural it's the initial meeting between samuel l jackson's olin character and mm-hmm. um uh Kuzak's Enslin like where Jackson is trying to convince him to not stay in the room and like sort of like building right the tale of the room through just 
anecdotal evidence and conversation. And I think that's really good to set up like what happens when he actually gets there. Um, the other thing I think is interesting and we, it's been a long time since we've talked about this, but remember, um, lady in the water and we talked about Shyamalan just like being such a dick for sort of like, Oh, I'm the, I'm the writer that no one understands and whatever. Yes. I think the king suffers from that same, like, it's not as um, egregious, but the fact that it's Enslin is this horror writer that's able to finally overcome, like, the curse of this room and mm-hmm. figure out what he's going to do when the whole, like, um, the whole last cigarette thing is really, that, that that's in the dark half, right? That That's yes, rope. All right. Is that yeah. that kid, yes, that guy yes. when he finishes a novel he smokes like the one yes. cigarette? Yep. Um. Not that there's anything wrong with any of that stuff, but just showing the king right. always going back to the well. Um. Sure. And maybe thinking of himself as being somehow some kind of like unsung hero for his whatever. Right. Or the conceit that it would it would have to be somebody who was like a horror writer that was able to overcome like this great evil. But anyway. Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie watching yeah. it again. Um, same as you, I enjoyed it a lot more than I did 16 years ago. Yeah, um, and I think it's definitely uh, worth checking out. Yeah, there's something um, there's something very quaint about it now um, to me that um, makes it really enjoyable. Um, I, I don't know what the difference is between then and now. There's something it's something with the movie, and there's something with me. And um, but yeah, I really liked it a lot uh, watching it this time around. Um, so the, the number one movie on your list is something that we have talked about, I feel, two times already. Um, and I think fairly recently in the past like couple years, both times, um, is Wreck. It is directed by uh, Vama Balaguerro and Paco Plaza, and it stars Manuela Velasco and Pablo Rosso. Uh, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, 82% on uh, from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so I don't know how you want to handle this, Frank, uh, but do you want to just like briefly just like kind of like state like what the sure. movie's about and then we'll continue? I mean, it's a it's found footage horror film. Um, the conceit is there's a, a film crew that works for a local TV station that does like a Madrid or whatever after dark mm-hmm. um, watching people that like work at nighttime when everyone else is asleep. Um, they're following first responders from a fire unit to go to a building where there's been an emergency. Uh, it starts as kind of Return of the Living Dead, uh, 28 Days Later style, like zombie horror. Mm-hmm. Um, it eventually becomes much darker as the infection spreads um, and finally turns into um, pretty effective religious horror um, with mm-hmm. a bleak... Um, definitely like downer of an ending right um the zombies are really well done or demons or whatever you want to call them um the movie's filmed really well and 100 percent like is believable in the conceit of being the found footage where you know they're still trying to like do their job like as these things are unfolding and then once the authorities turn on them then they're gonna they're trying to like capture um that abuse of power as they see it 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think it builds characters really well. Uh, I think that it's definitely let down by the remake that came out um, a few years after with the woman from Dexter and the exorcism of Emily Rose in the title role um, or the lead role. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just a really effective um, post-apocalyptic or maybe like pre-apocalyptic zombie movie. Um, The sequel to it is also really good. The third one, not so much, Um, but definitely like Wreck is worth watching if you're a fan of horror, if you like found footage, if you like zombie movies, like all of the above, you know, it's definitely for any horror film fan, it's it's worth watching. Yeah, I'm going to I'm this might be like uh, overstating it. I mean, I think it might. It's definitely like top two, at least I think found footage movies for me, like ever. Having watched what's, it three times what's now. What's the other? Like Mungo, maybe? Oh, yeah, that would be great. Um, Hired in here. Uh, I think it's that good. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I've... I've certainly never seen any found footage that is this kinetic and this energetic and just batshit insane, like, in terms of, like, the pacing of it once everything gets started. Um, I mean, I think Lake Mungo is up there. I think this is up there. I think uh, Creep mm. is probably pretty high on my list. Um, Creep is pretty good. And except for the ending last broadcast... And I think maybe the first VHS is probably like roughly where I would land, like on a top five. But I I don't know if any of them hold the power that this movie holds when it when it grabs you at different points. Like um, I know that they're cutting like at different points throughout this movie, but there are some times where I'm like trying to find the cut and I can't find the cut and it just feels like it fucking goes. Mm. And <clears throat> Um, I like it more each time I watch it, I think. Um, yeah, like I, th- this is definitely like one of those movies that like has like elevated itself to me, like having never seen it before since we started doing the podcast that um, I just find really, really good and it grabs me every time. And it's, sh- what is it, like a- an hour and 20? Yeah, it's pretty short. Um, um... 78 minutes. <laughs> Um, and I think that's part of its effectiveness is that it's so short. It feels like a slice of life type thing. Yeah, it, it'd be really hard for me to. I mean, I would say that. This. Like Mungo. Um, that dash cam movie mm. from last year, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Right. Um, As above, so below, I think is top. Five. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's definitely top five. Yeah. I really enjoy um, that Outwaters movie from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, I mean, I don't know if it's as good a movie and maybe wouldn't be on like a top, but it was really effective. Yes. Um, there's a sci-fi horror called Europa Report. Have you ever watched that one? I have not. A, a no. mission, to, mission to Mars. That one's mm-hmm. really good. Um, I don't know. Did you watch that Korean one that I recommended to you? The Gone Jam haunted asylum or whatever it was called i did it's a there's there's elements that are a little bit goofy to me that like are a little too goofy 
I think it's some sort of cultural thing that I don't take seriously at times in the way that they film some of those things, mm. um, which is my fault rather than its fault. But um, I liked it. I just didn't like love it. Yeah, I really enjoy that movie. There's a Levinson movie called The Bay that also is um really good. Um, oh footage. yeah, and there's um what's his name? What what's the one that takes place? Um, there's another really good one that I didn't know until recently. Is that The Bay? Uh, what's the one with the um no? Damn. The Bay takes place over Fourth of July weekend. No, okay, I'll need to find that too. I, I've seen it, but I just figured it was. I think I associate the Bay and Michael Bay, even though mm. that's stupid and ridiculous. Um, uh, what is the one on like the cult compound, Frank? The cult, the sacrament. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's. Good. I think that I was shocked by that. I just like put it on because it's um. What's his face? That's um, the Ty West movie. Yeah, Ty West. Yeah. yeah and I was yeah, like, that's, okay, that's let me see movie. it. It's Ty West. And then it was like, I was shocked by how good it actually was. Yeah. Well, um, could you dislike the innkeeper so much? I mean, I don't like that movie, but I mean, I love House of the Devil. It's like one of my, become one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And you still refuse to watch In the Valley of Violence, so we'll never be able to talk about that shit. Whatever. We'll find out like what you have on your Netflix queue that you don't watch next year. Again. Me? Yeah. So much. Um, I know. I really like the concept of VHS. Yeah. The the problem with the the first one and the second one even somewhat is okay. Like the first one I like a lot. Um, but the more they go, it's like real, real hit or miss. All of them have at least one segment mm-hmm. that is effective and entertaining right. and right. sometimes more, sometimes less, depending yeah. like as you go through like the whole movie. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um man. Oh, never mind. We we'll, we'll stop. I was gonna rant about my feelings about man bites dog but um yeah why you want to talk about man bites dog i was just like going through like a list of like uh like found footage kind of movies you know and stuff like that um you're really lucky that i did not make you there's a couple movies over the like course of the next couple of years that we'll talk about that Mm -hmm. i um i i think i saved you somewhat from having to watch so yeah yeah thanks um okay well, europa report is everywhere oh yeah everywhere yeah. okay um it is it, it is on hulu it is on peacock it is on prime and it's free on youtube so yep have at it um right. so we will be back um in october with a series of uh, episodes focused on horror movies that Frank wants to talk about. Um, doing something a little different for this coming October. Um, it'll all be horror centric as usual. Um, but uh, a slightly different look to what we normally do. Um, but a lot of really interesting um, 
untalked about previous untalked about movies uh that we'll be covering um so check us out for that uh otherwise thanks for listening everybody and have a great week deuces